Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the countdown. Getting close, getting close, getting close. Hello, everyone. You ever want to just continue? You ever just wanted to read the word of God and understand God's word? Now, talk to the ones that's just tuning in to this podcast, okay? You tuned into the right podcast and stay tuned because you're going to get some teaching out of this podcast that uh, that you probably never even heard before. So, but let me introduce myself. My name is Joseph Brownlee, and I'm the host of this show called Connecting the Dots. Connecting the Dots, where I try to uh, explain God's word rightly divided. I try to just break down God's word the way it's supposed to be broke down. I try to give you a format, a paramedic view to try to understand God's word the correct way, the exegetical way of reading God's word and studying God's word. So if you just here just to learn how to read the Bible, this is not the uh the uh show that you want to be listening to. There's other shows out there, but not this one. This is strictly Bible study. So what you're going to learn on this show from myself and other teachers and other authors or some books I'm going to read it be reading from and other physical guests that I will have on the show is strictly Bible study. Therefore, this is for the new believer and old believer. That's, but you must be a believer. You must be saved to get the real meat on these teachings that I will be doing here on Connecting the Dots. Okay. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to my show. God's Secret. God's Secret. This is a continuation. This will be on page 84 of Marianne Manley's book that called, that's called God's Secret. She's the author and she's the writer of this book. So I'm not taking no credit for myself or nothing like that. I'm not getting no bennies or no kickbacks for promoting this book. But I do recommend it that you get it and go through it yourself so you can get a, a, a good understanding and you can get somewhat of a relationship of what, how, what, what's on Marian Manley's heart and what she's trying to do to teach you God's word rightly divided dispensationally, okay? This is the main uh, reason why I do this show. Because once I learned myself about close to four years ago how to rightly divide God's word. It was like a red pill. You know that, that term red pill. I was like red pill, man, because I fully understood. I don't know everything now, but I know 60 to 70% more of the Bible, what is really saying to me that I haven't ever learned before. Okay. I can say that now that I now truly, and this might sound kind of profound, really know how to understand the Bible and read the Bible. Now, I can sit back and read the Bible now and understand it more clearly because I have been taught, I have been uh, given a foundation by these men and young ladies of God on how to rightly divide God's word. And it's a beautiful thing we understand what God's word is saying and who God is talking to. When you know those things, the word of God will finally, and I'm going to say finally, to some and maybe to a lot of others too, God's word will come to life and fruition in your life when you finally understand what he is saying to you. When you learn that the whole Bible is for you, but the whole Bible is not to you. The whole Bible is for us, but the whole Bible is not to us, okay? All right, let me get into this. God's secret. This is a continuation of segment 
27, so I'm going to go right into it. In segment 28, in God's secret, I'm not going to talk about no announcement. I'm not going to mention any announcement. Let's just get right into this book so we can get to other things. And I, I have so much this year that I want to present to my hearers and also to myself because, like I said, as I learn, I teach. And as I teach, I learn. As I learn, I teach. And as I teach, I learn. So let's get right into Marianne Manley's book. This is segment 28. Segment 28. This is talking about the ambassadors of Christ, the new creatures, which is us, the body of Christ. And I'm going to get right into it. Okay. Quoting out of God's secret. No physical circumcision. Okay. No physical circumcision. Reading out of her book. Our circumcision is spiritual, not physical. The removal of a little piece of skin does not matter. Yeah, a little piece of skin. Yeah, a little piece of skin is very hurtful. <laughs> I know. I just have to add that to that, you know. But that little skin, yeah, I'm sure it wasn't just, it may be little, but it was a stain to it. But that's another story. <laughs> the removal of a little piece of skin does not matter. What matters is what Christ has done for us on the cross. Remember, I'm reading, I'm quoting out of a book. I will let you know when I'm breaking down something historically, and this is me just saying something out of my heart and my opinion of what I feel. Okay? And whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. Okay? And putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Circumcision made without hands, just, that just means for the one that don't understand it, it you wasn't physically cut. Okay, that means this is a circumcision that the body of Christ is a spiritual circumcision, not a physical circumcision. We're circumcision in spirit, circumcised in spirit, you know, in our hearts and everything. They will circumcise Israel physically. So, therefore, that's what they mean, circumcision made without hands. I mean, it wasn't a physical circumcision. It was nothing physical or nothing needed to be cut, like she said earlier, you know, taking a little skin off a private party or anything like that for the male and whatever like that. That was a physical circumcision. We are saved and we are blessed with a spiritual circumcision. A circumcision made without hands. That's all that means. And putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. You'll find it in Colossians 2 and 11. Colossians 2 and 11. He removed the consequences of sin from the believer. He cut off the power of sin. Now she says he removed the consequences of sin from the believer. He cut off the power of sin, and at the rapture, or at the catching away, I'm putting the catching away there, but she says the rapture, he will free us from the presence of sin. Okay, now let me break this down. Okay, God dealt with the whole world's sin, period. So when she said he removed the consequences of sin from the believer. Okay, that's for the believer, but for the unbeliever, their sins have been removed too. Their sins have not been charged against them. I want to always put that out there because all grace believers have a problem with that. I'm not saying that she do. You know, I'm not saying Mary Manley does. I'm just saying I want to get this straight. All, everybody's sin on the world's sin has been dealt with. The consequences of everybody's sin has been dealt with, okay? Now, when it says he cut off the power of sin, that's for the believer, not the unbeliever. The unbeliever's sins have been dealt with. The unbeliever's sins has not been charged against them. They're still going to up and sin, but their sins have not been charged against them. Now, when it comes to he cut off the power of sin, that's when you become the believer. That's when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, believing in his death, burial, and resurrection. Now, I'm breaking this down so I can get a, a clearer, you know, breakdown 
so I won't have you confused and nothing like that on previous teachers that I have on here about the sin issue because that's that's a big problem of understanding with a lot of unbelievers and believers when it comes to the sin issue. They know uh, I like the way Trey Searcy say of True Time Radio. You have a lot of limited forgiveness believers out there. Now, I'm not saying Marian Manley is. I'm not saying that. So don't get me wrong. I'm just trying to break you down, to, you know, so the ones that's new to this can understand that. If you're not saved, your sins has already been dealt with. If you are saved, your sins has already been dealt with. Now, when it says you cut off the power of sin, that's for the believer. That means we don't have to sin anymore. That don't mean we automatically... You know, he got us under control. In other words, that means he could turn us off and on. No, God does not do that. That means we have the we have a choice now. We don't have to sin because we have the Holy Spirit in us now. But at the rapture, he will free us. Now, the only way we're gonna when we be completely free from sin as a believer is when the rapture comes. This is what she's saying right here. He will free us from the presence of sin. That means the nature of sin. When he give us our new bodies, okay, then we will not sin never again because sin is going to be dealt with when he give us our new body. Our whole, our sin nature is not, our redemption files, the sin nature is still here. But when the, when a rapture of the church, the catching where the church appears, that's when we're going to get our new body to meet our spirits in the air, okay, and then we will be cleansed forever from ever sinning again, okay, that's a layman terms to put that down, okay. <laughs> Holy sinuses. Now, here's a scripture to remember. Who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver us to whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Yet mean he's, we're going to be fully delivered when he we, we, when we get our new bodies according to 1st and 2nd Thessalonians 4 and 13 and etc. And then you go to 2nd Corinthians uh, 15, 51, 15, 51. I might be saying these scriptures wrong, but, you know, just go back and uh, yourself because sometimes I need it right there. And I, I might get a little goofy and forget the, the scriptures. I don't do it purposely, but I'm close in that area, okay? We will get our new bodies. We'll be fully delivered from our sin natures at the rapture of the church or we will be fully delivered from that sin nature once our spirits we die if i die today my spirit is instantly in the heavenly places but my body goes back to the grave that sinful dead body but i'm free now because i'm with christ now i'm free you know because i'm with christ but my body will be changed it will become immortal it will become sinless it will become supernatural when he comes back on the day of the catching away, he will come back and renew that old smelly, stanky, sinless body and give me a brand new body, which makes me a full redeemed new creature in Christ. That's the format. That's when she says, who delivered us from the great death and doth continue to deliver us and whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. The fully deliver us is when we leave this earth, we will be delivered from the sin nature. Only when we live. That's for redemption. Okay. All right. Read it. We are saved by the hearing of faith. You'll find it in Galatians 3 and 2. We are saved by the hearing of faith. Galatians 3 and 2. And what Christ has done, not made perfect in our flesh. We walk by faith in God's word so that by love we can serve one another. 
For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision avails anything, nor uncircumcision, according to scripture now, a scripture now, but faith which works by love. You find in the Galatians 5 and 6, Galatians 5 and 6, remember uh, the ones that's listening, I'm reading out of the King James Version Bible, reading out of the King James Bible, okay? Faith in the finished work of Christ is what matters. Our baptism is spiritual, not physical. Remember that, saints. Our baptism is spiritual, not physical. What's the physical baptism? The physical baptism was the kingdom program where they got baptized in water. Okay? You have different type of baptisms in the Bible. Now, I'm not reading now. I'm just giving historical a breakdown like I'd like to do. You have a physical baptism. You have a spiritual baptism. The physical baptism was being baptized in water. That was for the Levitical priests, and it was for Israel only. Okay? Physical water baptism was for Israel only. Okay? Now, we are baptized spiritually in Christ. That's a spiritual baptism. It has nothing to do with water. The word baptism does not mean water. Like everybody always put water when they hear baptism because they don't understand that there's many different baptisms in the Bible and the majority of them doesn't pertain to water. Okay? All right. Now she's going to break it down. Okay, tablet? Let's not do this. She's going to break it down now. Today there's only one baptism. True. One Lord. True. One faith. True. And one baptism. Let me read that again. Quoting. Today there's only one baptism, one Lord, one faith. And one baptism. You find it in Ephesians 4 and 5. Ephesians 4 and 5. And it is spiritual, not physical. I just explained that. We are baptized into the body of Christ, which is the same, yep, baptizing into Christ. We are baptized into the body of Christ spiritually, okay? Nothing to do with water, which does not involve a drop of water. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews, listen to this, or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. You can read all this according to 1 Corinthians 12 and 13. 1 Corinthians 12 and 13. Continue reading. Paul said that Christ sent him not to baptize. In contrast, Peter said water baptism was necessary to demonstrate one's faith in Christ. Now, let's read this again. This is what Mary and Manly putting down, quoting from Peter. Peter said water baptism was necessary to demonstrate one's faith in Christ. Paul preached Christ crucified and risen again, the offense of the Christ. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Now let me read that again. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness but to us unto us which are saved is the power of God. The preaching of the cross is, was foolishness to them back then and sometimes even today the preaching of the cross with some unbelievers or some cultures even some churches that's the preaching of the cross is not enough for a lot of denominations you know it sounds like foolishness when you, all you have to do is believe that Jesus died on the cross and he rose again now when Paul said I preach, I preach Christ crucified what is he saying now let me break it down in layman's time when Paul said I preach Christ crucified the only thing he's saying I pre I'm preaching that Christ died and that he was buried and that he rose again for your salvation 
Now, you might say, yeah, Peter pre preached that one time. Priest, no, Peter did not preach Christ being crucified for salvation. He preached it for an indictment against Israel. Okay, there is a difference. When Peter preached that Jesus died and he was buried and rose again, he was preaching for an indictment against Israel. And he was preaching as, you killed your savior. You killed your king. You killed your Messiah. The same one that rose again. You won't even say that. You killed him. So you need to get yourself together. You need to repent. You need to change your mind. You need to change your heart. You need to be water baptized. You need to be cleansed. And you need to get right with your king because you murdered your king. That's the difference between the two uh messages between Peter and Paul. Now, this is me explaining, giving you a historical view, the best way I can, you know, the difference. Yes, Peter did preach the death, burial, resurrection, but not for salvation. He preached it because to make Israel feel bad of the wrong they done by killing their Messiah. Remember, the kingdom program was all about believing that Jesus was their king. Jesus was their Messiah that's going to reign on earth just like King David. That was the, always Israel's belief, reigning on earth, not going to heaven like the Grace Program. It was all about reigning on earth. I know I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm just trying to give you a historical foundation before I get to read so a lot of you can understand the difference. Peter preached a, he did not preach the cross. He preached a, he preached a, a, a damnation to Israel for killing their king. Paul preached the cross of resurrection of how to be saved. They had to be saved by believing that Jesus was their Messiah and he was their king. They, Israel, the kingdom program, they had to believe that in Jesus' earthly ministry. The gospel today for us, all we have to do is believe that Jesus died and he was buried and he rose again. The full fruition of what Jesus done on the cross was not revealed until it got revealed to the Apostle Paul through Jesus Christ. Before that, no one knew the full message of what really happened on the cross until Pastor Paul explains it, period. Okay? All right. Hope I got that through. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. That's why, why is the power of God to us? Because we understand the death, burial, resurrection is the way to be saved now. That's the power of God. We believe that's the way to be saved. Now, believing Jesus is king or who he was or the Messiah like Israel, we believe of what he done for the whole world. His death, burial, resurrection, okay? Go to 1 Corinthians 1, 17 and 18. You get that breakdown of what she just quoted. 1 Corinthians 1, 17 and 18. Continue reading. And she's going to break this down. Now, I keep getting ahead of her. And sometimes that'll help, but it's good to hear it again. Now, this is Miriam Manley breaking down somewhat what I have just said, okay? Reading. Peter taught water baptism because Israel was to be a holy nation. I did not say that, so she breaks that down very clearly. Why did Peter teach water baptism? Not for salvation. Not, not for salvation for the body of Christ. See, this is the kingdom program. Remember, Peter, kingdom. Paul, grace. King, Peter, law. Paul, grace. Okay. Peter taught water baptism because Israel was to be a holy nation of washed kingdom priests. Now, who? Israel was going to be a what? A holy nation of washed kingdom priests. 
you know, they had baptisms back in time past, but they called it a cleansing, you know, then, it, you know, uh, the, the changing of the wording through different translation uh, name to start calling it baptism. That's a teaching in itself, but I'm not teaching about that. Okay. So the kingdom priests, they had to be washed in water. Why? To prove that there was a holy nation. Okay. But Paul said that our baptism, who is our our is the body of Christ. Listen to this very closely. Get into your heads and get in your heart. But Paul said that our baptism is identification with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, you see the difference? Peter was baptized because Israel had to be a, was to be a holy nation, washed kingdom priests. That was a sign that there was kingdom priests by being cleansed, washed in water physically. But the body of Christ under Paul, our baptism is for identification spiritually by believing in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Two different salvation gospel messages. Two different administrations. Two different dispensations. Two different agencies. Two different programs. I'm saying all this so you can see they're not the same church. They're not the same. Okay. All right. Continue reading. Know you not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. What type of baptism? Baptism spiritually. This is not water baptism. We must understand and we must know the difference between baptized in Christ, baptized in the body of Christ compared to baptism in water, which is Israel's program, which is not for the day. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism in death, not water, that... Like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. You'll find this in Romans 6, 3 and 4. I'm reading the quoting out of a book now. Romans 6, 3 and 4. Continue reading. Believers have Christ's righteousness. Not our own righteousness. Let's listen closely. We are... We are we are reconciled to God. We are looked at, when God look at us, he sees Christ's righteousness, not me, not, not yours and me, my righteousness and your righteousness is like filthy rags in the eyes of God. It's Christ's righteousness that make us righteous. Christ's righteousness. Let's remember that. Believers have Christ's righteousness. Our sins were judged at the cross. The whole world sins, not only believers. Let me, let me get that straight. The whole world's sins were judged on the cross. Our old nature was crucified, and we are raised with him, having a new nature. Okay, continue reading. Paul worked to lay the foundation of the church. Clearly, Paul suffered many things for the body of Christ's sake. Toward the end of his life, end of who life, end of Paul's life, he wrote it, he wrote to Timothy to say that almost everyone had abandoned him, which is so sad but that he knew that the Lord would be able to keep what he had committed unto them. For the which cause I also suffered these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. You'll find all that in 2 Timothy 1 and 12, 2 Timothy 1 and 12. Give me five more minutes and I'm going to stop. If you are understanding the message of grace given in the Bible and explained in this book, then it proves that the Lord has been faithful. Let me read that again. If you are understanding the message of grace given in the Bible and explained in this book, then it proves that the Lord has been faithful. The letters of Paul follow the orders given in 2 Timothy 3 and 16, reading, 
All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Reading again, 2 Timothy 3 and 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, teaching, for doctrine means teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, and righteousness. You know, Romans doctrine. First and second Corinthians breakdown. Now let's break down. She's got the uh, the different um definitions and meanings on each of these books, which is very unique. And I want you to listen to this, and I'm going to stop. She breaks down what each book meaning, Paul's book there is, what is the what is the definition, what do these be what is these books are for when it comes to the body of Christ. Now Romans is a doctrinal book. It's teaching, lifestyle, doctrine. First and second Corinthians is reproof. Reproof, people might say rebuke. It's for correction because, you know, you know, the Corinthians was a very carnal church. Galatians was a correction book. That means it was correction and explaining and breaking down the differences between the two Gospels. Paul was letting them know in the book of Galatians that there's only one Gospel for the day. There has been other Gospels, you know, and ain't like it never been another Gospel, but the Gospel for the church today. Today, back then, and today is the grace gospel. So he breaks down, he, he corrects that gospel. Even he rebukes Peter and that, and I think Galatians 2 and 11, he rebukes Peter for being a hypocrite, okay? So Galatians is a book of correction. Remember, Romans is a book of doctrine. First and second Corinthians is a book, uh, a book of reproof, correcting, correction. Also, Galatians is also a book of correction. Ephesians is a book of doctrine, teaching, right teaching for the church today. Philippians is a reproof book. That means a correction book and everything. Some people call it the love book. Colossians is also a correction book. So, first and second Thessalonians, doctrine, instruction, and righteousness. Okay, now that's first and first. First and Second Thessalonians, according to Marianne Manley, doctrine, instruction, and righteousness. First and Second Timothy, Titus, Philemon equals doctrine, instruction, and righteousness. So this is a breakdown of all what all these books is for when it comes to the body of Christ. Now, that does not mean we don't read nothing else in the Bible. That don't mean we read the other 60, you know, other 50-some books in the Bible. That does not mean that we read the whole Bible. Why? Because the whole Bible is given by inspiration of God. It's is to help us to give our historical views of what God, how God was working through different ministries and different dispensations. But we must understand which dispensation is for us. Could we get certain principles and use certain principles and other doctrines sure we can some things and the word of god just does not change we still must do that but the thing when it comes to paul's teaching we must understand these books romans through philemon the 13 letters or epistles to paul according to the king james is for the church today everything else is for inspirational reasons and for our learning and for our history i hope you understand that concluding paul said that if we understand the sound doctrine which is the doctrine that he teaches today not the past sound doctrine but the doctrines today what paul teaches out of his 13 letters and his letters whom we would be able to then we would be able to understand the rest of the bible that is so true that's why i say yes we read the whole bible we must because that they all go together but, but the doctrines and the correction and and our ways that we should be living today, those are the letters of Paul, okay? Consider what I say, and the Lord give the understanding and all things. Closing in 2 Timothy 27. I'm going to stop right there. This was the 28th segment of God's secret. I hope you're getting something out of this paramedic view of God's teaching to the church. You know, this is the foundation and a basic look of the Bible in itself.
Okay, I'm going to start right here, but I'm going to leave you with this. It's a lot of things that I'm going to be teaching on this uh, this uh, this podcast compared to Body of Christ Real Talk. And it's strictly Bible. If you want to learn how to study the Bible, now I'm not saying this is the only, it's many places that you can learn how to read the Bible, you know, even some denominational places, if they're rightly dividing the word of God historically. But what I'm just saying, I am saying that connecting the dots and other stations like Truth Time Radio, the teachings of Les Feldig, and you know, uh, Richard Jordan, the teachings of Marianne Manley, you know, Eric Newman, and a lot of guys that's rightly, divide the vestiges, Lori, and uh, John Verstigen, good books they write as well. You know, Jim Phillips. There's a lot of teachers out there that teaches the word of God rightly divided. So I'm trying to give you a foundation. If you want to learn how to study God's word, not just read it, but know what you're reading. Once you study God's word, reading becomes easy because you know where you stand. You know where you are in God's word, okay? So on Connecting the Dots, you will find that here not only from me, but other teachers, and I will give you some other sources so you can strictly learn, probably for some of you the first time, how to study God's word for the believer, new and old. God bless you. This is Joseph Brownlee, body Oh. Finna say body of Christ, real talk, but no, Joseph Brownlee of Connecting the Dots. Thank you for tuning in. This was segment 28. I will have my other two segments, Lord's Willing, coming next week, where I will be breaking down 29 and 30, coming to the conclusion of God's secret, Then I'm going to get into other teachings on that. I will have some in-between teachings on different Bible verses and different doctrines and topics of the Bible as well, while I'm teaching on this as well as other teachers as well. God bless you. Love you all. Remember, salvation is today. Believing in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ according to 1 Corinthians 15, 3-4 or 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. I'd rather you just read the whole 1-4. The day of salvation is today. Not tonight, not next week. It's today. As many things are happening in this world, people are dying like left and right. You know, it's a lot of things going on that's really wicked in this world. We need our insurance, assurance more than we need life insurance. We need both of those. Yes, both of those is very important. I'm talking to myself too. But to be assured that you're going to go to the heavenly places, you need to take care of that thing first and your family and your house. God bless you. Love you. Until next time, bye-bye.